you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Eric the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thanks so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sweet Victory and J Mac are on tap to help us navigate the show today. Today's topic is uh, the government is not the parent. The government is not the parent. And I agree. I kind of, right. Like, I mean. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> duh. Just be like, no question about it. Right, right, right. Um, unfortunately, though, I think it's easier to say it than it is for even some parents to really believe it. And I'm going to talk about mm. what I mean when I say that, because I think there are some things that parents would look at and say, well, that's just incredible government overreach and mm -hmm. we will not tolerate that. But then I think there are other things that parents would look at the government and say, well, can't, can't you guys regulate that? Like, can't, can't you do the heavy lifting for us on that? And, and then we will just say, well, you're not allowed to do that, mm. so we don't actually have to parent. And I think that's very dangerous, and that's what I want to talk very about. Dangerous. So this really will revolve a lot of, uh, around um, social media use mm. and the current conversation that we're having about whether or not the government needs to step in and regulate the age of social media use. I understand that there are there's a discussion on both sides for the people who say, you know, I do I do want the government to I do want, you know, regulation. Mm -hmm. I want the social media companies to be held responsible for the type of content that my kid is exposed to. Yeah. Um, I understand parents who say that. Let me just say that's a very slippery slope. It is. Right. Because I feel like mm -hmm. and I think we have some a fair amount of receipts to show this, that whenever you invite the government in mm -hmm. to do one thing mm -hmm. they always tell you what they found while they were working on that yeah you know what i mean right for, like it's, it's things <laughs> that you don't want them to regulate exactly <laughs> right and like no knock to like our wonderful mechanics right but there are times <laughs> that you take well at least back in the day nowadays my goodness you you can't just take your car you know to your friendly mechanic like you, i mean it's it's crazy but you remember <laughs> i'm old enough to know that there was a time where you could take your car to the friendly mechanic mm -hmm. um, under his tree, the shade tree mechanic. Mm -hmm. And, and you go in there cause you're just like, I don't know. I'm smelling exhaust, you know? And he goes, yeah, yeah. It was a problem there with whatever. I'm not a mechanic. And then he goes, but while I was in there, here's something else I noticed. And you almost kind of want to say, well, just leave that alone. Cause that's not why I came here. <laughs> I feel like the government is like oh, that man. in many ways. I, I feel like we, when we cannot live, now, and I want to, I'm speaking to Christians obviously here, but when we cannot live for the glory of God, meaning that we put parameters in place so that we can honor God in our living. And we say it, it would just be easier to give us the do's and don'ts like just, or we're allowed to, or we're not allowed to, if you just, just put that all in place, then I don't have to think about my own person. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. have to think about the decisions that I make. I, I think a lot of people feel more comfortable with that. Um, the problem is when we, when we fail, to live responsibly, yeah. that seems very like, you know, anemic, 
<laughs> when we fail to live for the glory of God, um, then we are looking outside of ourselves to be regulated, right? We're looking yeah. out, and I say outside of ourselves, I mean outside of the knowledge of God. Right, right. And and it's proven already that, um, look, the heart of man is is evil. Like, exactly. you can't trust, you know, the regulation. So the Lord and, has to restrain. And, yes, yes. 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 Exactly right. And so, because even, even with the law, the mm-hmm. capital L law in place, we transgress it, right. right? So we need the Holy Spirit to restrain, right? To restrain evil first in our own heart and then in the world. Like this is obvious, right? But I think that there are parents who have come to the end of seeing the effects of social media on their kids and they are sort of hoping for that shoe to fall where they then say, well, you're not allowed to be on, you can't have a social media account. And my concern with this is that it it really removes the sense of responsibility from parents. This is the same case that I made or the same argument that I made when referring to TikTok. You know, the question, should the government step in and, you know, have age requirements for social media? Now, again, I'm going to have to give a firm disclaimer here because we got to talk about what some of these social media sites are doing. And, um, and again, even though kids have access to this content, it's not suitable for young listeners. So I just would caution you. I, I want to talk about, um, I think many people are already aware. We here at the American Family, Family Association have already produced a TikTok video. You can check that out. Um, and I think the data on Instagram and the bouts with depression and suicide ideation mm-hmm. among teenage girls is at an all-time high. It is It is alarming to think of the number of girls as young as nine who are suicidal in this country. And, um, and that is attributed to the rise of social media use. I mean, there's just, there's, I don't, I haven't heard a legitimate argument for someone saying, let's look outside of the social media apps. I haven't heard a legitimate one. I haven't heard even when all the researchers are trying to figure out why are we seeing the, the rates of depression and um, body image Im- yeah. uh, body image issues that girls are having, yeah. I have not seen or heard or read a right. successful argument that says, look elsewhere, it's not social media. As, as a matter of fact, they're, they're, they're looking at it and saying there's some this is, yeah. dangers there. Like they're exactly doing reports right. about it. <laughs> yeah, this is like they're, they're saying this is this is where it is. Yeah. So. I I wanted to have a conversation around this. I was reading, this is actually an old article. I was really actually surprised that there was this type of reporting that came from CNN. CNN did something that was very interesting. They kind of went undercover as a 14-year-old TikTok user. And so they used another teenager with the permission of the parents to establish a TikTok account, meaning um, this kid would go in and kind of like talk about or would, would establish the types of videos that would interest her. Okay. And then once the 14 year old established the TikTok account and they, there was established a video feed and in TikTok world, a for you page, um, then CNN, a CNN reporter took over mm. and it was just stunning to watch the types of videos that were suggested to this 14 year old girl, like, Mm. and TikTok doesn't know that it's no longer the girl. It's just like, this is the account. And this is, and each video that was um, suggested to the reporter, she watched each video at least one time in its entirety. 
And the kind of things that came out in the beginning were the things that I think most people think that TikTok is. So, you know, cats singing or somebody <laughs> reading Dr. Seuss to like a rap beat, you know, things like that. Right. Mm -hmm. But then very quickly it turned dark and she started seeing videos about people who were normalizing suicide and normalizing eating disorders and all of the things that we have talked about that we have alerted parents and said that this is a real deal. This reporter started to see these things. And then what was really interesting I found was that when she switched the TikTok account to a restricted mode, expecting that the videos would be different now because I've, I've switched to restricted mode, not much changed. She hmm. was still seeing the kinds of videos that TikTok thought these interest you and these are the videos you care about. Yeah. Now, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because there is a current conversation that uh, I want to say a couple months ago, there was a federal bill that was unveiled that is seeking to establish a minimum age for social media use. Now, some of our listeners may be saying, well, don't they already have that? Isn't that like 13? Like, isn't that sort of like the common thing? <laughs> I think what has happened, though, is that there have been many kids who are just able to get around that because there, there have not been the measures in place that will like verify the age of the person. I mean, yeah. if you've got a kid smart enough to figure out when they right. needed to have been born, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and I, and I think know. the measures that they even would want to take uh, to firm it up will not necessarily work because I think there will always be a, a workaround to anything yeah. that you try to put, you know, as a, a deterrent. And yeah. so the bottom line is that parents are going to have the parents. They like, we're going to have to yes. put regulations. <laughs> yeah. That, that really is the bottom line. That's, that's really the crux of what I, I wanted to talk about today. Like when, when you look at this and you say, um, well, is this a violation of people's rights and their liberties? If you, you know, impose these regulations and, and you make it more difficult for people to establish these social media accounts and, and all of this, do you want the government telling you what your kids can and cannot do. Mm. And and my concern is this, if if parents just parent, then we don't have to have this conversation. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like if right. parents just just step up and just parent, then the government doesn't have to think that there's lack in us. Mm -hmm. Right? Like and I don't mean to personify the government. I know that it is an entity that is made up of people, but these people um you know, they don't mind taking over the reins if you don't know how to handle, you know what I mean? Right. The reins, like they don't oh, yeah. mind doing that. Oh, yeah. And so my, my concern is that when you look at some of the legislation as being proposed and some of the conversation that's being batted about this question of being able to identify the kid as a certain age. And then if the parent would want to establish an account, then the parent would have to also verify. So then now you've got all of this information that's floating around. I, I see it as just more tentacles to kind of keep people's mm. identity and content and all of that stuff. But at the same time, I think that this opens a door um, to this idea. And, and I, I wish that people could understand this in maybe like a more far reaching way. I think it opens the door to the idea that parents are just incapable like you mm -hmm. guys, you see, you can't even wow. recognize that your kid is struggling mentally and you can't recognize that your kid is struggling emotionally. Mm -hmm. And then and then you don't have the wherewithal to step in and do anything. 
So we will do it because that's what the government does. We take care of people. You know, we take mm-hmm. care of children. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they believe the children are theirs. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think when you start to have, have that kind of conversation. Now, let me say this. Let me say this because we do understand that children under, what is it, the age of, is it 21 or 18? 21, they can't drink, mm-hmm. right? They can't right. buy alcohol. I think it's 21. Um, and, and everybody's fine with that. You know, I do understand the argument that some people would say, well, isn't, wouldn't this just be the same thing? You've got to produce ID to be able to purchase alcohol. You, you've got to, you know, or the same thing with, you know, the, the tragedy that is increased vaping and, and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I understand that there are people who would make the case and say, well, we do need regulation in place because there are people who just, you know, they on their own, they were just not, they're just not going to do it. You right. know, um, I think it's a slippery slope though. It I, is. I really do. I, I think, um, I don't know. I think it opens a door that you, you will not see the government stopping. Parents are the first line of defense now, and I, and I want to make a biblical case here. Mm-hmm. Whenever you read in scripture about instruction mm-hmm. on how kids are to be reared or how kids are to be trained yeah. or the protection, it's always directed at the parents. That's right. No, it's not directed at the elders. Mm-hmm. It's it's not directed at the priests. It's not l- directed at the Levites. Like it's not directed outside of the familial context. It's the parents in full view. I mean, you go back to the very beginning, you look at Genesis, right? And so then you've got Cain and Abel. Now, even though Cain, um, without a question, transgressed, he knew who God was. Mm-hmm. He knew that there was this this requirement to bring an offering, right? To 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 present an offering to the Lord. Yeah. So where did that come from? That didn't come from the community, quote unquote, right? That right. came from his parents. Like this 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 knowledge of God, this this that there is a God, mm-hmm. and even the the recognition that that God, there's a certain way that you are supposed to bring an offering, and Cain didn't do that. I say I say willfully Cain yeah. didn't do that. Right. And the Lord addressed him. That was not entrusted that that was not entrusted to some pre-existing community that then you just say, you know, oh, and as the kids come into the community, now the community at large has the responsibility of training and equipping. And ma- no, it's to the parents. It's to the parents. And, right. and I think all throughout Scripture, from Old Testament to New Testament, the requirement, the responsibility is on parents. Um, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, right? Like when he talks about the Holy Spirit, that this promise, he says it's to you, talking to the parents, and then right after that, to your children. Mm-hmm. So the expectation is that you are going to pass on this truth to your children. Nowhere do you see the government being responsible for the rearing and the training of children. All right, we'll continue. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you God only knows how it's killing you But there's a kind of love that God only knows God only knows what you've been through God only knows what they say about you But God only knows the real you There's a kind of love Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. Today, the discussion is that the government is not the parent. The government is not the parent. And for all all of what that means, the government is not the parent. Even when it becomes difficult for us to parent, 
um, to be what might be considered the bad guy. You know, we don't want to look to the government to do that. Like we we don't want to restrict behavior because it has already been restricted. Like mm-hmm. we want to parent and the Lord yeah. has entrusted this responsibility to us um, that I think we need to take seriously. Uh, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that was for King and Country. God only knows. Yeah. Did you want to comment on that? I know like that's that's one of those things where it can be a little bit sticky because you're like, well, yeah. we want good laws in place. Right. But we don't want laws that usurp. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you, you know, no, I, I agree with you that all the all of these issues that we talk about, man, if the home was intact, yeah, if things were, were happening in our homes, then, you know, you would see different things, I believe, happening just in society. Yeah. And so you're right. It goes back to parents having to parent and and to be able to avoid some of these things, these pitfalls that our yeah. children are running headlong into yeah. if we if we parent, because God has given us the wisdom to do it. He's given us the experience to know yeah. um, what they don't know. And I mean, he's he's That's equipped us point. right yeah. to yeah. parent. And so yeah. when we don't do that. And there's a vacuum. Yep. And like you said, the government would love to My come goodness. in and step yeah. right into that gap and, and do what we're supposed to be and doing. They, wanna, they always, I, I feel like um, wherever there is a deficit, the government wants to show up mm-hmm. with a solution. And and I, look, I understand there are people well-respected who think that there needs to be government regulation. So I don't want to say this as like some sort of like, Oh, what buffoon thought this was a good idea. Like, I no, I understand that there's an argument to be made here. There's some right. common sense regulations that you can put into place. But I, I the problem that I have here is that what I what what I think we collectively have seen is that when the government steps in to play a role that God intended someone else to play, <laughs> it wreaks havoc on the family. Mm. For example, when the government stepped in to play the role of father. Mm. When the government yeah. said, we don't need dads, the government can provide for you. It's better for you to be unmarried and cared for by Uncle mm. Sam than it is for you to be married and struggle. Right. We we have seen the decades long effects of that. And you're not going back from that because every step, every generation just kind of picks up from where the previous generation was. Mm. And so what I'm saying and I'm using that as like an extreme or dramatic example to say whenever the government is in the position to know better, you know, the consequences, the <laughs> effects of that I think are dire. Yeah. And so I, I, now at the same time, at the same time, there are real issues on these social media platforms. Right. And I, I want to issue a disclaimer here um, because we talk about the things we talk about the things. Right. Unfortunately, because parents are unaware and and oftentimes, even the most involved parents will say, um, most recently, we had a dear sister write in and, and and say to us, oh, I'm pretty sure my kid doesn't know who Mr. Beast is. <laughs> and it's like one of those things like, you know, she was listening and we're like, I guarantee your kid 13 and over or probably even younger than that, they know. And uh, and so she just tested it out. She's like, do you know who Mr. Beast is? And the daughter's like, oh, yeah, Mr. Beast, you know. And so <laughs> well, that happens. And yeah. and, I, and I talked about this recently here where there are times that our kids will say things to us and we're like, how did you know that? Right. And, 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 right. and you know, our Peter of the group, Mariah, will say, well, no offense, but like, how did you guys learn the things that you <laughs> learned outside of like, you know, like your parents <laughs> in a classroom? Like, how did you? 
and and I thought it was a great point. And she was being respectful, but she was making a great point that they live in this world. Mm -hmm. They live in this world. So they are drawing content, if you will, out of this world. We are supposed to teach them how to navigate the content that's in the world. Like what what things are around them. Right. So anyway, let me let me just talk about this here and then. um and then also we'll look at the Southern Poverty uh, Law Center to, to, to just further drive home the point <laughs> that parents are a threat. Parents, yeah. parents, when you parent well, you are a threat to darkness. Mm-hmm. You are a threat to darkness. And, and all of the hopelessness that I feel like parents are burdened with, it really is um, an intentional attack from the enemy. It's, so a, they, it's yeah. amazing. You know, as Christians, I think we should look at those things that you, we can see that the enemy is... Uh, uh, attacking with great force mm-hmm. and great, yep. you know, like, like, and say, man, there must be something there There's for something him to be there. attacking like this. And yes. when we look at marriage, we look at family, we yeah. look at our children. Yep. Man, I think we should take from that, man, that's what a war is. That's where it is, right? Yep. You know, yep. uh, from a spiritual uh, aspect and, and just seeing that, man, how, how uh, uh, fervently, Mm-hmm. You know, the enemy is attack, attacking in these areas, and it should be a sign to us. If if the fiercest battle is in one particular area, you look at that and you say, okay, wait a minute, then the spoils of that battle must mm. be great. That's, like, yeah. if to the yep. victory go the spoils, then the spoils of that battle must be great. So you, mm-hmm. so you, you show up there because you're like, wait a minute, if this <laughs> is where the swords are clanging mm. and, like, they're sending in more. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they're come on, and more people flooding in here to war at this point, then, then I say, look, all of the battles matter. But when you see the fierce attack and, and, and it's, like, hot, you know what I mean? My thought is, well— Hang on a second. And we have some people still battling in other areas. Mm -hmm. But I'm kind of like, well, let me I want to go over there and see where the battle like why? Why (laughs) are you sending in more soldiers over here? You know, so to speak. And I think as it pertains to the family and it pertains to children, um, you can see in, in the last like 10 years that the attack on children and their ability to just live innocently, like to just grow up in America. My goodness, it has been so fierce. And and Mm. for us to ignore that really is a derelict of our duty as parents, but also as Christians, because we have the eternal word of God that, you know, it's to the parents that the expectation is given out that we would rear our children, that we would protect our children, that we would train our children, even the basic understanding of how to live in this world. You know that that was expected to come from the parents, the parents were the first line of defense. So let me give a firm disclaimer here. I want to talk about something going on with Instagram. This is again, um, uh, got this story from the daily wire and it's looking at Instagram that's been accused of, well, okay. Um, disclaimer in place. So if you're under a certain age, I would say like 13 (laughs) and you normally are listening, then you need to go get your parents and and tell them, Hey, um, the Addison's are talking about something I can't hear. So there you go. Um, but Instagram has been accused of helping to facilitate connections between a quote vast pedophile network. Mm. Wow. Now there are wow. already issues with Instagram because of the body image issues that that girls are dealing with, um, the suicide ideation and all of that. But this is from a report from the Wall Street Journal and a couple academic researchers. So you've got the Wall Street Journal alongside researchers at Stanford University and the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Uh, They reported that Instagram allowed and promoted 
allowed and mm. promoted accounts that openly buy and commission underage sex content. Wow. Back to the article. Instagram connects pedophiles and guides them to content sellers via recommendation systems that excel at linking those who share niche interests. This is according to the journal and those researchers. The researchers found that Instagram enabled people to search explicit hashtags. I'm not going to tell you the hashtags. They're in the story. Yeah. You just have to go check that out for yourself. Um, anyway, they list the explicit hashtags that would embarrass you mm -hmm. and they connected them to accounts that use the terms to advertise child sex material for sale this is happening on instagram on instagram okay so it's not just which i have a problem with this exhibition of the self you know what i mean like mm -hmm. th that our young girls it, that has been, it's been normalized among our young girls that's i feel like that's bad enough but here here you have this um, back to the article accounts would post menus that offered inappropriate content, including imagery of minors performing lewd acts with animals, oh. minors. Okay. Wow. Um, other menus reportedly offered mm. videos of children hurting themselves or advertising meetups, meetups with kids. Mm. Now look, um, why 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 are we talking about this why are we talking about this because this is an issue of yes meta the parent company of instagram has a problem but parents have a problem if they don't know the kind of content that their kids are consuming yeah. right so parents have to be more vigilant like i it's interesting i just had a conversation with mariah today we're coming back from an orthodontist appointment and, and we had a conversation. We're talking about um, content and, and what she's allowed to watch and things like that. And then as we, we were listening to one podcast together and I asked her, you know, um, do you understand this conversation? Do you understand what's happening in this podcast? And she was like, yeah, I do understand. But she had some questions. So we were uh, listening to a podcast on, um, gender affirming care and all of these things. And so, so here is our sweet 16 year old, right? And she's hearing terms being thrown around like uh phalloplasty, right? And vaginoplasty and, and all of this. And so I had to explain to her that you will hear this uh, quote unquote, innocently referred to as top and bottom surgery, but I had to walk through and, and talk to her about this is what it actually means. Mm -hmm. This is what actually happens. And, and I said to her, I said, now, you know, there are some, and bless her heart, and I appreciate this about her. I said, you know, there are some um, boys and girls who have engaged in this type of, um, or had, they've had these kinds of surgeries and, and they've regretted that they've had these surgeries and they share their stories. And I explained to her um, as best I could, as carefully as I could, how this all takes place. And I said, there are some uh, photos that show the damage done to their thighs and their forearms, you know. And I said, and if you're curious about that, I can show. And, and before I could finish, she was like, no, ma'am. No, <laughs> thank you. She goes, no, I'm a visual learner, but there are just some things. She goes, I just will take your word for that. I don't, I don't need to see that, you know? Mm. And I think, and, and why am I bringing that up? Because these are the kinds of conversations that we must proactively have with our kids to let them know, hey, this is the kind of world that you live in. Like, I don't like it. 
I wish I wish that this were not the kind of world that you live in where I've got to tell you that there are people who try to create body parts. <laughs> with, and but I, I don't want her to be smacked in the face yeah. by this world when she goes out into it. I'm trying to ready her to live in this world. But that means I've got to I've got to be aware of what she's watching when we're listening to things. Mm-hmm. How are you processing that? What, do you understand the conversation? Do you understand what's being batted about here? Do you understand the spiritual implications of what's being discussed? So these become opportunities to learn and to grow together. But I'm just getting back to the original point here. That's parenting 101. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not even like, I don't even want a gold star for that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't right. even want people to pat me on the back and be like, oh, <laughs> good job, Mika. Like, I don't want that. You know, I, that's, that's what is basically expected of us, that we would train our children, that we would ready them to live in this world. So you look at all of that, you look at what's going on, and there are so many, there are so many honestly, so many different news stories of the dangers of social media that you could have just picked a problem, any problem, and presented that. Yeah. But parents remain the first lines of defense. So I want to say this because there's a a national conversation that's happening right now. Do we want the government to regulate social media use? That would not be my first aim to say that the government needs to do something. Hmm. That's just, just frankly, that's not my first. I just, I don't know. I feel like that's so weak. You know what I mean? Like we need the government to do something. It empowers them further. Yes. You know? Yes. And those are your children. Mm-hmm. And that's what we keep saying. I, I feel like let us have a consistent message. If we are saying these are our children, then let us keep saying that. You know what I mean? Like these are our children. So the responsibility is on us. Now, having said that, if there are regulations put into place, if we see legislation passed in this country where children under a certain age, I know that there's some conversation that that strongly suggests that children under the age of 16 should not be on social media, that it's just that dangerous. Um, I don't need, I, man, I just will tell you, I don't need the government to tell me that. Right. Our kids do not have personal social media accounts. Now, I don't need the government to tell me that. Like, I, I, I can see the dangers in that myself. This is what we do for a living. Like, this is, this is what I'm talking to you about, right? So, so how could I look at all of those things? How could I read all of those news stories and know what's happening. How can I understand the tragic numbers that point to the, the, the mental illness in this country as it pertains to our young people, especially our daughters, and then say, okay, here you go. It's time to set up your Instagram account. Here you go. It's time to, to set up your you know, Pinterest or whatever, because even those, I, I, I have problems with these social media sites. If you've ever been on any of them, if you've ever been on any of them, and, and you start scrolling through, you're just, oh, my goodness, it doesn't take long for you as an adult to be offended and say, well, I, I don't why I don't want to see that. Yeah. Like, I just I just want to see painting patterns like I don't I don't <laughs> right. care about, you know, but this is what our kids are battling. So what's the remedy to that? I don't think it's the government stepping in and saying, oh, you parents are failures. I mean, I don't want to oversimplify my response here. But I I don't think I need the government to tell me that I'm failing. Mm -hmm. What I need to do is just do better. I need to be I need to show up. I need to do the hard things that would be, you know what, we're we're shutting down these accounts. We're removing this app from your phone. I don't need a government law to tell me to do that. Like this is loving our kids for the glory of God. It's being Mm -hmm. willing to be the villain for a moment in their life. 
Like I'm okay to be a villain for a moment in your life to produce an outcome that is eternally significant. I'm willing to do that. And I'm calling on other parents to be willing to do that. All right, we'll grab the break. Aaron the Addison, American Family Radio. Stay there. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. Uh, today's topic, the government is not the parent. Right. <laughs> not the mama. <laughs> uh, I remember that little yeah. thing. Uh, anyways, I'm Miki. <laughs> and I'm Will, and that's worthy of it all. CC whining. Hmm. And uh, just a comment from uh, Brother Jerry on, on Facebook. Uh, he said, I hate to say it, but most parents need the government to tell them that kids can't be on social media. Hmm. Like they do with alcohol, tobacco, and drugs. Uh, even if the government did did it, many parents would still allow their kids to use social media any, anyway. Man, I oh, which is probably true. Yeah, unfortunately, I can't, I I can't find any holes in that. Like I I it's because I think that it's very easy for us in this country to believe that some things are a requirement for life. So we believe that our kids are not going to be healthy, whole or well-rounded if they don't engage in certain activities, if they don't Mm. do certain things. And look, and I would include in that playing sports, dancing, you know, sing, whatever it is. There there are things that we feel like are a part of a whole existence. Right now, please understand. Please understand. I am not coming after those things as sinful or anything like that. But what I'm saying is when we make those things fixtures in our parenting, as has now become social media use, phones, things like that. When they become fixtures, then we we can't imagine navigating without them. It's like, well, take take them out of ballet. Well, I can't, you know what I mean? Like I couldn't imagine my kid not, you know. <laughs> Why? Because we've made those things a part of um, what we consider a well-rounded experience yeah. in America. That's none of those things. And look, those things are all add-ons. Those things are, are great benefits and they're a part of the wonderful gifts and pleasures that the Lord has given us to enjoy, right? Because he loves us. So the ability to appreciate music and to perform music and all of those things, I'm not saying those things are bad, but mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm saying when those things become like mandatory for life, yeah. then it clouds our ability to be able to discern, well, when do you have to shave them off? Like if there's anything that competes with the holiness of God, um, like you play this game with the kids all the time, one must go. I mean, it's that thing, right? Mm-hmm. God is the constant, like he's the fixed. And so, so all the other things, if, if they begin to compete against the holiness of the holiness of God and, and whatever that looks like, mm-hmm. then those things have to go. Yeah. And so I, you know, to, to our brother's point, I, I just, I think he's probably right. Let me open the phone lines and then uh, share this other story here. I, we posted it on our Aaron, the Addison's page as we were traveling to Virginia. It's just one of those things where I thought, we always knew that this was coming, but here's the number. You can comment on what we're talking about today. The government is not the parent. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. The Southern Poverty Law Center, our favorite organization, <laughs> right. has put several parental right parental <laughs> rights groups on its hate map alongside the likes of the Ku, the Ku Klux Klan. Mm. 
Um, let me just say to to, you know, the the Moms for Liberty and Parents Defending Education, welcome. <laughs> you're, you're, in, you're in good company with people who are principled and who will not bend and who will not break okay so just say you're gonna get used to it oh it's, it, it is kind of you know the first time i was called a racist um and you know accused of being a member of a hate group you know that was confusing you know because being black and all and so that was just you know <laughs> And when I say being racist, like I was I was accused of being like a white supremacist racist. Like, I mean, that's, you know, um, you got to get used to that. You know what I mean? So anyways, uh, welcome aboard. You'll get used to it. Uh, Schools. This is what the Southern Poverty Law Center is saying about these uh, these parents rights groups quote-unquote, schools especially have been on the receiving end of ramped up and coordinated hard right attacks <laughs> frequently through the guise of parents' rights groups, according to the SPLC. The, quote, year in hate and extremism report that they released on Tuesday has said so. And so this is the great as it is written, so shall it be done. Because the great and powerful <laughs> SPLC has decreed that uh, moms protecting their children, former school school board members themselves, by mm. the way, okay, who know the inner workings of the schools and and how the system, you know, disadvantages kids and takes advantage of parents because they're ignorant because they don't know. And I don't mean that as a pejorative. I mean because parents don't know, and so they take advantage of them. So the 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 moms who many of them have served on school boards have stepped in and said things like, "No, we don't co-parent with the government." And I think that's being nice. I don't think the government is looking for a co-parent. I think the government wants to parent. Now, if you consider co-parenting that you just pay for the food, then yeah. But the government is not looking to co-parent with you. Right. Because this idea of co-parenting means that you share the work of shaping integrity, of shaping character, shaping ideals, like trying to make this person ready to live in the world. The government has no interest in you participating in that. Like the government doesn't want like and if if there's co-parenting, then you're the bad side of the family. <laughs> like if 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 you're co-parenting right. with the government, the you're you're the family that they don't talk about. Oh, yeah. You know, the mom. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, she just is messing up the kid. We keep trying to indoctrinate and the mom keeps showing up and talking mm. about, you know. And so anyway, <laughs> that's what you're dealing with. But let me just say this. I thought this was really interesting because this is where we are all headed in this country for us to live faithfully unto the Lord and for the and for us to to be found doing the basic things. Yeah. These are the scriptural things. Right. These are the things that the Lord expects. These are the things that the Lord requires. These things are hateful and unloving. And I think this is the newest iteration of that. Even moms at the very basic level, just momming, <laughs> you're making a verb, just momming. OK, now that is a threat to the government. That is a, that's a threat to the government um, faithfully executing its duties. And what are those duties? Indoctrination. <laughs> so the mom showing up, you know, you've, you've got there's somebody quoted in this article. I forget who it is. Let me see if I can find him. Um, He was just kind of whining. He said, (laughs) (laughs) 
like the whinings. He was just whining. And and he said something about they're trying to conduct these school board meetings and the moms show up yelling in their face. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. You know, the mamas show up yelling in our faces. Speech is violence. Exactly right. <laughs> so it's as good as the mom smacking oh because she's goodness. wearing a T-shirt. They show up. They're wearing these T-shirts and they're all wearing the same kinds of T-shirts like they coordinated. And then they're yelling at us. So I'm sorry, what part of like, and, and so how do we, how do we classify that as a, as a hate group? Well, because they're yelling. Okay. And anything else? And it's not in agreement with us. Oh, right. Okay. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Then yes. Hate group. You got it. All right. Let's go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Will the Great. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Paul. Hi, Paul. Hi. How are you doing today? Doing Hello. great. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Uh, I got a challenge for you. Remember when you did all the support for Chick-fil-A? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. What you, what you need is to organize, get off a godless Facebook, and then you'll be doing, really doing something. You get 10 or 15 million Christians abandon Facebook and hurt them in the revenue, watch the changes. They and Facebook, they and Google, both of them. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, I, you know, I, again, to our brother Jerry's comment, there are some things that I think people just feel like they need. Mm-hmm. You know, we we advocate for taking regular breaks from Facebook. Like Facebook is not a necessity. Right. It's not. It's it's a it's a neat tool that we've been able to use. And look, and it has served many organizations, even ministries, well. It is not something that we need that's vital to life. I will absolutely say this: it's not necessary for our children to be on it. Right. Our children certainly do not need to be on it. Now you can you can call for people to <laughs> to get off Facebook. Um, I don't think it'll make the splash that you think it'll make. You can hope that it would make the splash that you know. And then you're gonna have the <laughs> you know the people by dark of night still checking their Facebook feeds, like <laughs> feeling all convicted. It's like you know, come on, come out of the shadows, live in freedom. You know, and and, and then and then you've got the the virtue signaling that will be people like because I'm not on Facebook, and so then that'll be a show of like that they're <laughs> no look. We need to live for the glory of God. Amen. And and the, the benefit of having the Holy Spirit of God indwell us is that, man, he helps us to understand and to know those things that are trying to pull us away. Like we can discern. You know what I mean? So we know how to make the changes. We know how to make the adjustments mm-hmm. when necessary. I say this not as a virtue signal, <laughs> but I took two years off of Facebook because I felt like it was consuming too much of my time. Mm-hmm. I felt compelled to get into these long exchanges with people I'd never met who thought they knew me and they didn't. And I and I realized that, man, I've got some things that matter right here that I'm actually touching every single day. But I push those things to the margin because Facebook, that little red dot is yelling. <laughs> and so my thing was, you know, talking to Will the, Will the Great, it was like it just you could you could delete the app from your phone. And I don't know why that was revolutionary. Like, you know, it wasn't you know, I didn't I didn't start a campaign just like delete the app from your phone. I thought, man, that's a great idea. I did that. And I didn't realize it. The next time I looked up, it was two years <laughs> <laughs> two years. And if I can tell you, I mean, real talk people in that two year time period, I felt better. Mm-hmm. I felt like there, there are not all these demands on my life that I've got to respond to these things. Now I, and I hesitate to even say this. I've slowly gone back to Facebook <laughs> to, to, to post things and to check things, but I'm not nearly as active as I used to be because I, I found it to be competition. Yeah. You understand competition against the things that matter. And, and I just, I was like, no, and, and praise God for the Holy Spirit that you, you can know, you can know. And each person should, I think, 
employ the type of discipline to respond to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So yeah. anyways, um, where do we go next, Will the Great? All right, let's go to Mike in West Virginia. Hi, Mike. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, the more I hear about the Southern Poverty Lie Center, the more I think we ought to wipe it out. I don't know what you mean by that, Mike, and uh, I just want to bring some clarity. I did not say that. I don't know what Mike means. What do you mean, Mike? That's we a ought joke. to declare war on him. Oh, goodness. Okay, Mike, I don't know. <laughs> did you think that that was bringing clarity, Mike? You're still you're speaking metaphorically, but, you know, there are people you know, who don't said, like us, Mike. He said put them out of business, you know. That was the last thing Mike yeah, said. Yeah, the other two I things, the that. SPLC was like, see, got it. Mm-hmm, got it. They're just adding to our file. Mm-hmm. I told you they were a hate group. Do you spell Mickey with Two E's or three. I got it. Anyway, Mike, thank you for calling. We appreciate you. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Carmise in Alabama. Yes, that's me. All right. Hello. Uh-oh. You know the book, the book 1984? Yes. I have it. I've not read it. You need to read it because it's about control. And the yeah, government, is, they want to control. Huh. Yes, I have heard so much about this book. Your, uh, mm-hmm. about, you need, trust me, you need to read it. 1984, George Orwell, he wrote, what's crazy, he wrote the book back in 1949. Wow. He had foresight to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's where Thank we you. Hit it. Think about this. No, one, yeah. one more thing. Go ahead. We just found out that um, um, the government kind of like told all more, um, social media to be quiet about the COVID. Mm-hmm. Yes. Told the doctors, suppressed all the information to the doctors, telling them not to. Uh, present uh, ivermectin and, and the other stuff that's good for you. Mm-hmm. That they just went out with 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 the shots. Yeah. Mm. So that lets you know the government. Okay, have you ever heard of the uh, Georgia Guidestone? Yes, yes, yes. The Georgia Guide. What what that tell you? If Haven't you look been at demolished? the Ten Commandments mm-hmm. of the, the elite, and the first thing they they got up. No, that's not the first one, but they got they, they want the population to be five hundred million people. Mm. Mm. So if you if you want the population to be fine to many people, I mean you got to kill what almost eight billion people. Okay, listen, if you got uh, you got uh, what's what's his guy name? Bill Gates. Mm. On oh wow! And yes, you can uh, depopulate the people with vaccines. Look, you know, I understand that what you're saying sounds pretty sensational, but when you run a line mm-hmm. connecting all of the points that you're making, yep. you are not wrong. You're right. not lying. And and it's amazing because even having these conversations today, I think it's easier for some people to classify them as, you know, conspiracy theories and things like that. But these these are realities like yeah. what you're talking about. I mean, yeah. you, Bill Gates in his own words, you know what right. I mean? And so, yeah, look, yeah, I've not read 1984. I actually purchased it because somebody told me um, I'd been hearing a lot of talk about it. You know, things like this start to happen in our society and then. You know, people start to circulate again. It's like, oh, this is 1984. This is 1984. And so I did pick up a copy. Uh, I just haven't read it. Um, I don't know. I put it on my book queue. 
but I don't know when I'm going to get around to reading it. So um, anyway, but thank you so much, Carmisa. I, I appreciate you calling in. Listen, can I say this? Because to our brother's point, when he's talking about the suppression of truth, and especially as it pertains to COVID and things like that, um, there's a lot that people can keep from you, mm-hmm. but there is nothing that they can keep from you that God wants you to know. Yeah. Amen. Right. We and I know the they're Spirit. like, that's, they're like, that's so simple. I know. I know. And so that's why we trust him. That's why we lean on him. There's so much information that came out that is still coming out now mm-hmm. that people years ago, they were saying it. They right. were saying, hey, this is what happened. And those who were bold and those who knew their God continued to say Amen. it. And so now they're looking back and saying, we already said this. So anyway, praise God. All right. Uh, we're out of time until tomorrow. Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>